Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. DBPeeps, it's episode 52. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us. We're actually coming to you live from California. We're in California, Jamie. Well, just anywhere in California? We're in the motherland. We are in the motherland. In wine country. In California. wine country. And we spent today in Sonoma. So we're talking to you. We're talking it live from Sonoma. Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> so, it's about damn time. It only took us a year. Oh my God. I know, but you know, we we needed a good reason to celebrate. We did. And we apparently had to rationalize to every person who's around us why we were here together and not with our significant others. Isn't that weird? Don't people do wine trips, girl trips to Napa all the time? I mean, I thought that that was like a given, but apparently that is or a like very rare thing. Mother-daughter? Or yes. Like, I, I, yes. Today. But two, two girlfriends who separately are married is apparently a, weird. Apparently a faux pas. Regardless. Whatever. We made some good friends today. We did. Okay, what are we drinking? We're going to repop. Sarah's repopping. Yeah. Um, yeah. We already started drinking this earlier in the evening. Mm-hmm. So we decided to save some for you guys. So we have the Bonanza non vintage, another non vintage, guys, Cabernet Sauvignon. And Bonanza is made by the Wagner family, also known for Camus. Yep. Which is, which is a Napa power king. Uh huh. Also so. known for Red Schooner. Yep. And Mer Soleil. Conundrum. Conundrum. Yeah. Those and are, some might be familiar with that Mayomi Pinot Noir, which was that Chuck was, Wagner's son, Joe. Yep. And so this is Chuck Wagner. So what does Bonanza mean? <laughs> we I mean, I think of the old TV show. Um, Siri told me that Bonanza is a situation <laughs> or event that creates a sudden increase in wealth, good fortune, or profits. I feel like we've had wealth and good fortune in this trip yes this has been a bonanza of a good ass time is what it's been a bonanza of wine a ban- a wine bonanza it's a wine bonanza <laughs> so. all right so repop that all right so this is a cabernet um like we said it's a non-vintage so weird oh mother oh he put that in no oh, don't break your teeth last thing we need is to find a dentist okay. for you not too much of a pop because you know it's still fresh All right. It's a promise it's wine. It is wine. Okay. (laughs) Cheers, bitch. We're so fancy that the hotel has right out wine glasses up in here. It's impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) So I think um, what our listeners should know about this wine is that it's not going to be your Camus cab. Like Camus Cabernet is pretty expensive. Um, it's yeah. like I think like a hundred and twenty a bottle or something like that. It is close to the three digits, so it's that's close. all that really matters. Yeah, this is like a twenty-five dollar bottle of wine, um, and really, what it's the non-vintage thing is kind of weird. We thought in the beginning, but I think it makes sense in the sense that Chuck is just trying to. Well, what's that thing that it says on the bottle? He has a good quote. It's not on this bottle. I'll get oh, it here shit. in a minute. I thought it was. Sorry. No. Um, 
the sentiment is it should be more about the experience. That's right. Um, than the actual, I think. It's about friends. Yeah. He says, one thing is important to me. Bonanza calls back to a previous era when a glass of good wine with dinner was a simple pleasure. Bonanza aims to be a smart and gratifying choice, speaking to the enjoyment of everyday life. You may agree that our biggest fortune is good company, great food, and delicious wine. He says, it's it's not your Camus cab. It's an expression of the sort of other superb California vineyards that he never tires of exploring. The sort that are capable of producing Cabernet Sauvignon that's less expensive, but a wine of its own riches. So this is lot number one. So I think this is his first version. Um, so if basically, he says, if you're a fan of the ripe, sweet, and luxuriantly fru- full-fruited Camus style of cab, but you don't want to pay the price, then this is a new... A new wine that he has to offer. Good for that. Good for making it a little more accessible. Good for them. So I think this is like your, you know. I don't know where to put your, this though. Your daily, <laughs> your dinner wine where you're not like wanting to open up that expensive bottle, but you still want to have something enjoyable that you can share with family and friends on a more daily basis. I mean, I think that's the definite idea behind this wine. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sorry. We're really operating in a makeshift recording studio <laughs> We're doing what we can. I can appreciate what they're going for. Maybe if I hadn't known that the Camus name, the Camus label or the Wagner name was behind this, I probably would have thought differently about it. Yes. It has some prestige that goes along with it once you know that it's a Wagner. Yeah, that is true. And I've seen this in the grocery stores back in Wisconsin. In yeah, you've mentioned it to me before, yeah. so it's really kind of funny. That's actually why we got this, because we were at dinner and we were like, Oh, this one actually looks... And and our waiter spoke highly of it. He did. He did. We're but here. we had to be drinking a California wine to be here. That we was did. the other reason. That's true. Not like our first day where we decided to drink Italian wine at an Italian <laughs> restaurant in Napa. <laughs> but again, our waiter really did a good job with that one, and that was good. Yes. It was, it was a good pairing. He also taught us that Napa, people from Napa, are called napkins. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Didn't know that. I didn't, but I did put it on one of our Instagram posts. It was really fun. I like it. So do as the napkins do. Do as the napkins do, which is drink Italian wine at an Italian restaurant. Or it doesn't matter as long as you're drinking wine. That was his other other sentiment. So today, Sarah and I participated in a, we participated, please. We went on a tour through Platypus Tours, and it was so fun. Yeah, we had a great time. We went to, we could choose like where we wanted to go and we decided to do Sonoma today because we've been to Napa. We had like a couple other things planned that were in the Napa area for a different day. So we were like, let's just do Sonoma because we really haven't individually. Yes. And so we were on this bus. Guys, this weather here. I mean, everywhere we go, they're like, oh, it's so unusual for it to downpour in mid-May. It's like in the 50s and 60s. I mean, it's nicer at home. <laughs> yeah. It's like 70 or something. So we were we were a little disappointed with this weather. We know it's unusual for the Napa and Sonoma area. But they did give us the little scent, the whole thing like, hey, if you don't like the weather, drive 10 to 20 miles away. That has away. worked out for it us. It worked a little bit. We got some sunshine. We got a rainbow at the end of the day. We did, but... It rained all day, and it was cold (laughs) everywhere we went, and it did yesterday, too. It did. Yeah. You know, we haven't been able to enjoy 
those patio. That's why you haven't seen any pictures of us sitting on a patio drinking wine. Because it just hasn't, it hasn't happened, guys. It hasn't happened. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Cross your fingers. Yeah. So we visited four wineries today with a tour guide who essentially took us around. He's from the area. He's from the San Francisco area, so he was really knowledgeable. And it was us two, and I'm going to say three other couples because yeah. really, <laughs> they were legit three other couples. A couple other younger ones, one from yeah. Australia, super awesome. The the girl, she was my cast buddy because she actually had two casts on her arms. <laughs> that was crazy. I was like, when we picked them up, I was like, oh, I'm not the only one. Just, and I was like, she can't possibly have two casts on her arms. She like, did. She had to outdo you. She did. She did. So they're a great couple visiting from well, Western Australia. Then there was another couple from Alabama. And then an older couple who was from Philly. And yeah. it was really awesome. We went I mean, from all walks of life. All walks of life, and I think different levels of interest and different knowledge levels, I think, of wine. So it was super, super cool, super fun. We saw some small vineyards that really have the tiniest production, right? Oh, yeah. Some really small ones, and then we went to probably one of the bigger ones in Sonoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back to a super small one. So what was the first one that we went to? Peter Sellers, not to be confused with the actor. Get it, guys? Peter Sellers? Some of our listeners might be too young for this. But Peter Sellers was the actor in Black... Oh, God. Pink Panther? I almost said Black Panther. (laughs) Totally different movie. And what do the labels look like? It almost looks like the Pink Panther font and all that stuff. It says Peter Sellers, but it's C-E-L-L-A-R-S. And then it has the little paw print as like a little logo above it. And they have a little dog who lives. He's not a little. No, he's not. He's they have so a cute. golden retriever who lives on on site. Yeah. So we drank there a rosé, two pinots, Syrah, Syrah, and a cab. Mm-hmm. I think the highlight of this wine tasting from the wine were the two pinots. The Syrah was actually really good too. Yeah. But the the highlight being that they had a 2013 pinot and a 2014 pinot. Drastically they were so different. different. Drastically. Yes. And the 2013 had won, what, double gold? Yes. And then the 2014 had only gotten silver. However. They were both really good. My uh, preference was 2014. Yeah. I, I did also prefer the 2014, but I thought that the 2013 was unique and maybe more. I think it was more old world style. Yeah. It was more old world style. And so I actually ended up buying that one. Mm-hmm. And Jamie bought the 2014. So we're thinking of doing a side-by-side when we get home, guys. It'll be nice. It'll be fun. I could have probably bought more wine there. But we were, like, early in the day. And I was like, oh, Sarah. Don't, don't want to overdo it. Don't overdo it. I would have maybe bought the Syrah. Actually, that was the other one I was going to do. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It was really good. Um, again, it really started downpouring when we got there. But the interesting thing about Peter Sellers is that it is so very small. He is an Englishman who came over to the States many, many years ago, like decades ago. Really had a completely different job. He was a software engineer, had an mm-hmm. MBA, like did all this other stuff, very technical. And then he... Went to UC Davis. Yeah, because he just decided that he wanted to, to do this. And so it's really awesome talking to him because I think he has a different approach to winemaking. And one of the things that he told me, um, because he was out there with us while we were tasting, one of the things that Peter had mentioned was that instead of, like, monitoring the bricks level, which is, like, the sugar level in the grapes and stuff like that, like many wine producers do, 
He goes by the acid level because the idea is that you want to create a well-balanced wine, right? And you need to make sure that you have that acid there to help balance everything else out, whether that be the tannins, whether that be the sugars and the alcohol content and things like that. But one of those things that many people don't pay attention to, I guess, as much as they potentially should, is acid. So I think that that was a really cool nuance, and I felt really special talking to him. Well, I thought it was really cool that the winemaker was there pouring wine and talking with us. Yeah. that That's kind of a highlight of going to a smaller winery like that, is oh, you totally. get that unique perspective from the winemaker himself. Yep. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, I also liked that we kind of got to, like, walk in the vineyard, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I thought they had great wines. Yeah, and it's small production. You can only purchase it there or through their website. Really just friendly staff, and it's everything is hand-harvested. Everything mm-hmm. they He said that there's people in the vineyard every single day monitoring. Yeah, we saw them. Yep, they were already working there, yeah. So just making sure that everything is trimmed, anything that like, seems like a stray bud or something, they just nip it. so yep. that they Nip can it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So from Peter Sellers, we went to, what's the next one, Sarah? Little Vineyards. And this was a, the one thing about this that was a little bit of a shame was that they had this beautiful patio. Oh, so cool. Like this rustic looking, very, like you feel like you're in a movie patio overlooking the vineyard, which we could not sit in because it literally was downpouring when we got there. Yeah. Um, so we were inside, which was okay too. Yeah. But there I, was a table, or there was a bar that Jack London has been served at. The author? Yeah. Yep. There was a whole commemorative plaque that's in there, too. Mm-hmm. So there's history there. Yep. They're very small. They only have 23 and a half acres. Um, and I think only 19 or 20 of those acres do they actually grow wine on. But we tasted a rosé that was... Amazing. Delicious. And it was... Amazing. Made of Sangiovese, Pinot, Cap, and Zin. It was real, like Sangiovese heavy. Yeah. Um, it was really yummy. We both left with a bottle of that. Surprisingly, I bought, bought two rosés this trip already. It's Who more am than, I? It's more than you ever imagined. I know. Our host was very informative. Oh, yeah. Jamie really liked him. I loved him. He was so energetic. <laughs> he was just, like, digging everything. I mean, the man knows his shit. And he's, mm-hmm. like, a young guy, too. Um, mm-hmm. And he said that he and his wife have been around in the Sonoma area their whole lives. I mean, he, I think he said he's, like, a sixth generation or something. Yeah, super knowledgeable and just really easily talked to everybody, which I, I loved. And he gave us his, like, undivided attention, basically. Yeah, and he gave us all this history about yeah. Buena Vista. Uh, I know. Um, I was happy about that. Just about the area in general. Like, a lot of history. So what are some tips that we learned from him? Wait, from him? Yeah. I learned from the 2017 vintage. <laughs> oh, okay, yes. I was like, I don't know what I'm going That there's very little cab in California from 2017 because of the fires. That's, Yeah. And this is a really good tip for all you oh consumers my God, this is out there. Yes. So if you find in the store a 2017 cab, you need to be really careful because you want to make sure it was harvested but before October 8th of that year. If that's it, when the fires hit. If it wasn't, then you probably shouldn't buy it because it's going to be really gross. It's going to be like ashy. Because yeah. when the ash fell on the grapes, they can't wash it off because water to grapes causes things like rot and mold and... So you can't really rinse grapes off before you 
before you harvest them or when you do. Yeah. So a lot of those people, if they did make their cab from 2017 and it was harvested after October 8th, then the ash just came with it, which is disgusting. So I don't think it produces some, great wine. Some have described that those wines can taste like an ashtray, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, because he mentioned, too, that he and his wife were super excited because they found some really good, like, big name For, like, wines. 25 bucks. Like, 25 bucks. And they're like, what a deal. They bought a few bottles, and all, he said, all three of the bottles just went down the drain. Yeah. Because it it was marked down for a reason, uh, which is not great. I mean, I would actually, I'm surprised because I would imagine most of them wouldn't even want to produce it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you got to make some money, yep. I guess. So One of the other cool things I learned, another tip, um, going with the whole like climate and things like that, was that 2013 through 2016, mm-hmm. amazing. Drop. Yeah. Super drought years. Everybody thinks that wine needs a ton of water, but if you have older vines, like they're not brand, brand new, their roots are already going to be like well below yeah. the soil level, right? Or the top soil level. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, they find their own irrigation, right? Through the through the land. So they don't need that extra exterior irrigation. The thing is that when there's a ton of rain, like, like there is right now, which thankfully it's happening somewhat early in the season, when there's a ton of rain, it can expand the grapes, which means it can dilute the flavors. That means your wine's going to not be as powerful, as concentrated, and things like that. So you want to stress the vine. We talked about this with Riesling before. And Pinot. Right? Yeah. So you got to stress the vine. So it really, I mean, it works hard to make a good fruit. Yeah. So you want them to be smaller and not raisiny, but drier. So those years... Because they had drought, they had some really good wines. And that's something um, I've never paid attention to. Have you? Right. No, no. But he also said 2018 has the potential for being amazing because the temperature dropped in August. Sorry. The temperature dropped in August and oh, they had a yeah. later harvest. Mm-hmm. So look out for those 2018 wines. Yeah. Um, from look Cali, out. from Napa, Sonoma. So basically... All of them should be good, pretty much except 17 at yeah. this point. So at Little Vineyards, we had, like you said, we had the rosé, which was excellent. Yep. Um, we Syrah. had a Zinfandel, yeah, uh, a Zin- followed by two Syrahs. We did have a Cabernet, and um, I have it right here. Why am I? Oh, this one called Center Stage, which was interesting. Which was good, yeah. And that, I thought, was particularly interesting. It's a Cab, Cab Sauvignon, Cab Franc, and Petit Verdot blend. They called it something unique because, well, they... Didn't want to call it. Meritage, because then you have to Meritage. pay 11 cents. Meritage. Oh, yeah, I'm not supposed to say this Meritage. is Yes, so we also learned, this is our other tip. We also learned that it's not pronounced Meritage, although yeah. that sounds very French, French and fancy. You're just like, trying to be fancy. It's like a Target situation. Meritage is actually meant to be pronounced Meritage, which is like... Like Heritage. Like Heritage and Merit, and you marry them together, and you get Meritage. <laughs> so... So we did learn that, but so they actually have their own. They instead of calling it Meritage, they dubbed it Center Stage because they. Don't, I guess you have to pay like eleven cents a bottle or something to the yeah. Meritage Foundation. But so Meritage is the U.S.'s version of a Bordeaux blend, yeah. but you cannot call anything that is not made in Bordeaux mm-hmm. a Bordeaux. And so it's similar to that Champagne situation. Outside of Bordeaux, they decided to create this thing that essentially implies that it is made from a Bordeaux blend. Well, this one is sixty-six. 6% Cabernet Sauvignon, 25% Cap Franc, and 9% Petit Verdot. So, um, and this won a gold medal as well. So, yeah, we got it to try good. that too. 
I like uh, that another one. thing about Little Vineyards is that they are in the small town of Glen Ellen in the Sonoma Valley. So kind of a little niche area in Sonoma. It's not Little Vineyards because it's little. It is little, but that's not why it's called it. <laughs> they, it's because the winemakers are Rich and Joan Little. That yeah. is their, their last name. They have four kids, and then they have a uh, brother, Joan's brother, who is the winemaker. It's a family business, and they also are into music. So they do a lot of like little concerts and stuff out there, it sounds like. We heard a live uh, band rehearsal going on yeah. while we were there. Yeah. So that was a fun that was a, a, a fun experience. We both walked out with bottles of the rosé. Yep. It was delicious. And I got a Syrah, too. You did. Yep. Mm-hmm. The 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I, th- I preferred the 16 over the 15. It was Syrah. good. They were both. I liked yeah. both of them, but the 16 was something And he special. said you could age that for like 12 years. Yes. That was what surprised me. I know. From there, we found our way to the bigger one that Sarah mentioned, which was Sato St. Jean. So you guys could find, probably find some of their wines in, in oh, definitely. stores. Like, especially she mentioned Total Wine. Yeah, but I've definitely seen this label. I mean, it's a very... Yeah, so the other two, you either have to come to Sonoma or find them on online. Whereas yep. this one, you really... It's more widespread. Yeah, there are definitely things that are like specific to estate so you would have to come to yeah. the estate to get it, but other, but there are other parts of their wines that you know they have, like the one, the 45th anniversary one. I think you could actually get that on wine.com. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so too. It was so a good one. the grounds of this place were beautiful, and the actual tasting room is beautiful. It does I, not disappoint. That's it does for not sure. disappoint, especially like when you're walking in. It's just these beautiful gardens, and redwoods. This, mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. The mountain and the distance, and with us, we saw the fog. It was very romantic. In, <laughs> so in fitting a, for us. <laughs> perfect for Jamie and I. Maybe that's why everyone was so freaked out I by know. us. Um, so, and in the store, they also have like other shopping and things like that, but. Um, it was a beautiful tasting room, and so we got to sit at this lovely table. We had another host. very energetic host. We had a very interesting host named Alice. Shout out to Alice. What up? What up, Alice? Alice was very excited about all the wines. I, I really we, can't wait to talk about the way she described okay. the cab, but first, we're okay, going to so say, first, we started out with sparkling. Yes, which there was a brute rosé, which I yeah. thought was great. It was good. I loved it. I actually did love it. It was good. I mean, I just don't. You don't do it. But it was good. It was fine. And then we had their 2000s, and I'm going to be specific because they have several Chardonnays. So for you people that are... They have several Chardonnays, several Pinots. Yeah. So we started out with their 2016 Belterre Vineyard Chardonnay from Alexander Valley. They have all different kinds of Chardonnay. This is like your buttery, oaky Chard. She said this was like the junior version. Yes. But they have other Chardonnays that aren't buttery and oaky, but then they have like... Chardonnays that are like the king of buttery enoki. So yeah. this was the junior version. This was the baby. I thought it was okay. You know me. I mean, if yeah. the shard shows too much oak or whatever on it, I just it, it 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 was still too much for me. It was something that was it was interesting for sure. It did not feel like the butter bomb that many people I think associate with the shard up from Kelly. However, I just, I was having a difficult time, I think, parsing things out and, like, feeling like it really just, like, was harmonious. Yeah. 
So then we moved on to their 2016 Pinot from Sonoma Coast. And this is like the lowest end one. This was the lowest end one at how much? 40 bucks a bottle. Yes, $40 a bottle unless you're a club member and then it's 32 But they have several other Pinots that go up to like $80 a bottle. And this was her <laughs> description. Oh my God. I unfortunately missed this. You missed this. Okay. And all of a sudden, Sarah was just like busting out laughing. I was like, what happened? Yeah. So the, she described this as the younger version of the Pinots. Like, it's like a 17-year-old girl who is young, just getting into the dating scene. She's like entry level. She's energetic. She, she's accessible. She's accessible. What the I was like. She's accessible, Alice. And she's like, well, you know what I mean. That's not what I meant. And I'm sure she did, but it was just so funny. And you know, she's just, she's good because she's in her youth. <laughs> That's why she's good. But if you want, like, what are you saying? If you want, like, the sexy, like, more mature, like, knows what they want version, then you go to the more expensive Pinots on the list. So, I mean, I could not stop laughing. Nope. It was pretty amazing. I was really sad that I missed the conversation. Yeah. Like No, uh, the wine. The wine for me was a little, there was a little more oak on the Pinot than I would like, but I know a lot of people enjoyed that. So I'm very weird about Pinot. Me too. Yeah. I'm, You're not alone. I mean, I'm finicky about it. Like I like Pinot done a certain way. California does have some good Pinots coming out of, from there for sure, but I am into the... Well, am it. Damn it. Yeah, I like to taste the fruit more. And anything Agreed. that has a little Agreed. too much oak on it for Pinot for me is not. But that being said. I actually thought it was a pretty decent was, Pinot. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be really, really happy I with agree. it. But a lot again, of people would be. Like you said, I, we just have, I mean, I'm not a huge Pinot person to begin with. And so it, it's typically something that I will forego in order to drink something. A different red varietal that. Well, like the next one, which was that 45th anniversary Cabernet Sauvignon. That shit was some good shit, man. Yeah, it had also 10% Merlot and 3% Cab Franc. And they said it is meant to be celebratory and plush. That was, in fact, yeah. there's a winemaker. It's a the lead winemaker right now since I think she said 2003 is a female, but she's actually been a winemaker there for 40 years. Yeah, I think her name's Margot. Yep. But before that, it was her husband. So she's been there Margo's for husband, yeah, yeah. a long time. Yeah. Actually, they met there yeah. is the deal. I love it, the winery. <laughs> but that 45th like anniversary, I know, with our heart creme brulee. <laughs> that 45th anniversary was really phenomenal. I, I would definitely say it was a much more elegant um, Cabernet. It wasn't a bunt, like overly tannic. It was just really very... As she described plush, it was just smoother and velvetier. And I think that Merlot um, had something to do with it. And that was $60. And that was $60. But then. Then we had the bonus wine. We tasted the bonus wine, which was the flagship blend, which was called Cinque Which was number one wine in the world in 1996. Yeah. That's no, crazy. Number one wine in the world. That's a big, big freaking deal. She she described it as symphonic, and Mm -hmm. I do not disagree. That one is a little more at $90. Yes. Yeah. And then Jamie talked her into letting her try their late harvest Riesling. (laughs) 
I'm so special. You are. I bought that shit. You did. And I say shit in a nice way. I actually really liked it. It's not my style. But I, it's not. It's, I love Sauterne, though. You do. I And it's a weird thing. It's Sauterne is, you know, Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon blend uh, from Sauterne region in France. No, I don't like ice vine. I still don't like it. However, this late harvest Riesling, it was it was really yummy. And she suggested that it's, like, perfect for post-turkey, like, on Thanksgiving. Also, and I was maybe like, oh. with pound cake. Oh, it would be really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I mean, so I have Jamie's a tiny little bottle there. I'm taking it home. So Chateau Saint Jean was a success. It was a success, and I we got to go to their little house on the side, that old oh, home. Oh yeah, where they have like a private like tasting mm-hmm. lounge and all that good stuff. Um, very very beautiful, very welcoming. I mean, again, everyone there was so so nice. I would I just expect like everyone in California pretty much be really nice. But so after Chateau Saint Jean, we went to our final place, which was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we, again, got to meet the winemaker himself. Yep, Span Vineyards. And that was a, a very that was, small shop. It was the tasting room, not the actual, right. like, winemaking facility. And uh, His name is also Peter. Peter Span, And he did the whole tasting himself, and he was very He excited. had a PowerPoint. He had a PowerPoint presentation. He really just wanted everyone to be educated on, mm-hmm. like, what tasting should be i actually think that he may he should have been the first yeah and him and his wife are the only ones that actually like make the like work the wine there yeah which is kind of crazy that other guy who was there david he used to be winemaker i guess Mm -hmm. i thought that's what he said yeah so we did six wines there and we also got to do a little bit of a get this guys we've done this before a (laughs) chocolate and wine pairing it was lovely with the last three Mm -hmm. so we had a rosé Viognier. Viognier, which also had a good amount of Marsan. Oh, Marsan, that's what I was yeah. saying. And then we also had, a, we had the Primitivo, and we had a Malbec, and then we had... The Mojo. The Mojo, which is what you got, which yeah. had, uh, what was it, a Malbec, Cab, something Syrah? else. Syrah? Syrah, it was like a blend. And then the last one was uh, SNM. For Syrah which, and Malbec. Which he actually served. Oh, I'm sorry. The mojo was um, Cab Malbec, Syrah, Petit Verdot. Okay. So another yeah. Bordeaux. But the S&M was Syrah and Malbec, and he actually served it with, like, a bondage, like, neck Hilarious. collar. It was amazing. I was like, that's good marketing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so was so good. the Malbec was paired with a raspberry truffle. I know Jamie's not into raspberries. I did it. I did it. But it's... The raspberry truffle brought out the raspberry in the Malbec, so you really got to kind of get that burst of I'm raspberry acknowledge, flavor. I'm going to acknowledge it was a good pairing. It was. I will I will say that. The second one was paired with some butter gold. It was a gold leaf. Um, there was gold leaf on this um, chocolate truffle, and it was very creamy. It was delicious. And the point of that, I think, was to show you how the tannins can dissipate when you're Pairing it with something heavy and buttery and rich. Yes, exactly. And it's true. And, and then, then the last one mm-hmm. was a S&M, and mm-hmm. it was paired with a milk chocolate Syrah truffle. That was good. That was that was a really good chocolate. I actually think I like the second chocolate, along with I like the second wine the best. The Mojo, excuse yeah. me, the second wine of the I actually fight. ended up buying the Primitivo. You would. I would. <laughs> I know. He's um, in Primitivo. I know. 
I think I like other zins better, but I... Yeah. But I, I think the style was actually more European. But he talks about how his style is more European. Intentionally. Yep. Yeah. They don't overly oak their wines at all. He has a more um, subdued style than California because he actually, his wife, actually, when she was young, she's from Sacramento, but when she was younger, she actually she was moved to Bordeaux. So was living there for a while. So um, he has connections through his wife. So they go to France a lot. Well, and then they host these cruises and these like wine yeah. tours. He gave me the paper for it for next year. It's in May. <sighs> that would be fun. Yeah. So it was really fun. It was fun. Lots Super cool guy. Super cool. I feel like we're going to have a great relationship yeah. with wine with him. He we, seemed really interested in the drunk bitches and what we do. So we talked to a lot of people about DBP. So we're hoping to get some. Insider, insider information. Insider info. <laughs> but it's it's really cool. And just to be able to kind of pick everyone's minds is just really a unique experience. I'm so happy that we had the opportunity. So, Jamie, did you have a favorite wine of the day? It's a hard question, huh? It really is. Well, this is like this is like you asked our tour our driver. I know today. he was not happy with my question of what his favorite winery was. But but I understand it. it I get it. it. Yeah, it's, too it's like hard. it's too hard because it's like it's always like a it depends. Who am I with? What am I doing? Am I eating? Am I not? Am I pissed off? Am I not? Like what is it? Okay, how about this? Maybe not your favorite. What was the most memorable? I mean, I will say that I was really surprised by the rosé at Little Family Vineyards. I agree. I thought that that was very surprising. I think the most memorable for me was comparing those two Pinots at Peter Sellers. Yeah, yeah. I it was. I think it was unique in the sense that it was. They were so drastically different from the same producer two consecutive years, mm-hmm. and that just goes to show like how much variability there is. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. But yeah, that rosé was pretty delicious. Yeah. I mean, I it is just so interesting thinking about pricing. I, we had this conversation with several people today just about pricing and how that can impact what people buy. But at the same time, it's like typically they're priced that way for a valid reason. All of the hands that touch it, you know, how, how few people actually work at the vineyard too. And then they have to like rely on friends and family to come mm-hmm. harvest their grapes mm-hmm. you know it's it, I just really find all of this eye-opening so I really enjoyed that because I think you know I in my opinion Peter Sellers was not a seller like an s-e-l-l-e-r no he he, he actually did not sell his wines I mean he was it was so amazing to speak with him because I think that he was very open to talking about all of his experiences and his wine and stuff like that but he wasn't like a pushy person and I think that sometimes you start to expect that. And so it was very refreshing. And, you know, you just like the wines like sell themselves to some extent, you know. I did really like the Cinque Cepage. It's Sato St. Jean. Yeah. I just good. wasn't going to shell out $90, 90 bucks for yeah. a wine. It was good. Did you have a favorite out of the places? Out of the places? Out of the four that we went. I think they asked us this. I think experience-wise, Chateau Saint-Jean uh-huh. was, like, the overall, like, the atmosphere, the gardens. Yeah. The venue is just, like, Good what wines. you expect when you're at a wine tasting in Sonoma. Like, yeah. you're expecting this, like, oh, let me sit here on the garden with the patio and this beautiful yeah, ambiance, yeah. you know. So I think that, for sure, gave me the, gave the experience more than any of the places because the other places... Like we said, Little Vineyards didn't quite have that. We could have had that opportunity because of the weather, you know, didn't quite have that. But of the, of like 
the solid wines all around. I think Peter Sellers actually. But you know, I think Span did a really good job of like the wine and they have so many more too. And you know, yeah, I don't know, it was hard. What what's your take? So having been on a number of tours in yeah. one countries, what did you think of platypus? Um, I thought they were really good. I you know very knowledgeable, very you know on time, prompt, oh, yeah. accommodating, um, food like you get lunch, you get a little snack, you get some cheese and crackers. Um, Dessert, yeah, water. I think it's good when you're in a situation like me and you where. We're only two, and we we just want to join in on a group. Yeah. I think if you have a big group of people that are coming, you could do, like, one of the limo tours. More like a private It's like more group. private. Yeah. And you know what everyone likes, and you get to dictate, like, your tastes. Yeah. And where you go, and that kind of thing. I think that's a good suggestion. Yeah. Although, do you remember, though, like, when we signed up for it, they had asked, like, if there were certain wineries that we belonged to or that we wanted to go to or that we didn't want to go to. And then even when we got picked up this morning... He asked again. He's like, have you ever, have you been to Sonoma wineries? And so they didn't want us to have repeats, which is nice. And I said, I had said before, I was like, I know that on your website, you say that you go to Buena Vista, which I'm a member of. And he goes, oh, well, we're not going. And I was like, well, you don't have to not go on account of me being a member. I was like, I think it's a great winery. And he's like, well, we really do just want to try to create an experience and give everybody something new so that, so that they do experience, because that's a whole idea is just introducing wine drinkers to new wine growers, wine producers. And right. it's I loved that, actually. I thought that was really very nice and unique because I don't know that many people would actually care. Because he seemed like he was going to be willing to, like, totally change oh, the yeah. itinerary. Oh, yeah, he was very concerned because I'd been to a winery in Sonoma with a garden. I couldn't remember the name since it's been <laughs> years. And he was very concerned that we were going to go to the same place, which it wasn't. It wasn't. But I told him it wouldn't matter because it's not like I remembered. Um, that's why we write things down now. <laughs> or record. Yes, exactly. So success in Sonoma. Success. Success. And we got a few more places we're going to hit up before we head home. But um, overall, it was a great day. And I'm just so tired with this time change. It's crazy. Or all We've the got wine. a time change. We've got all the wine. There's so many reasons. Anyways, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will leave you with a little bit of Sonoma taste in your mouth so that you can try and come here. Visit yeah. it for yourself. A little bit of Sonoma taste in your mouth. Hopefully that's it. <laughs> don't be too accessible. Uh, don't be Just <laughs> kidding. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, peeps. Cheers, peeps. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.